Welcome to Catch the Fire London's podcast. We pray that you will be radically transformed as you listen to this message. I pray for Sue. Father, we thank you for Stu. We thank you for the man he is in you. And we thank you that when we see him, we see you. So thank you, God. Amen. So everyone turn around to Addy and say, you got the memo. Turn around to James and say, you got the memo. Turn around to my wife and say, you got the memo. Daniel got the memo. What's wrong with the rest of you? Actually, there is a very big reason why um, Chloe and I are often twinning when it comes to clothing, and that's A, because I haven't bought an item of clothing since we were married. Why? Because shopping is not biblical. Can I, if, we'll talk about it afterwards, but there is no recorded evidence of Jesus ever buying something. It's so defiling that when he needed to buy something, he sent the boys to go and buy it for him because he didn't want his anointing to be defiled by shops. But I, I often I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be like, Chloe, what, what, what do you want me to wear today? Because I honestly couldn't care less what I'm wearing, as long as it's something. Um, and I think sometimes she's already got in her head what she's going to wear. So she's like, you should wear this and this. And then 10 minutes later, she's walking out in exactly the same stuff. All right. Someone, someone else say, I don't care. Um, that's not why we came to church. Okay. <laughs> I was colorblind as well. And so, when I, listen to this. This is a cute story. You may not think it's cute, but when I went to university, so I'm 18 years old and I go to university and I am so colorblind that my mum put a letter in every one of my jeans, shorts, or trousers and a number in every one of my tops, t-shirts, jumpers, or jackets and then made a grid of what numbers went with which letters because I was so colorblind, I'd literally come out going, and she'd be like, and then we were doing a supernatural session in an Ilsom, which is one of our Healing of Life's Hurts weeks, our revelatory weeks, and we were doing a supernatural session, which means that we're all asking the Holy Spirit to show us things. And um, I, when, when we're soaking, oh, notice about soaking as well. Um, when we're soaking, which is when we're just spending time with God and we shut up and he speaks for a change instead of us just rabbit in a way. We're, we're soaking. And um, I often need scripture to dive in to the presence of God. And so my scripture was um, Daniel 7. And Daniel 7 is where there is a, the river of God coming from the throne of God. But it's the river of fire coming from the throne of God, which is a flaming throne of fire. And there's just this like, you should read Daniel 7. It is amazing. And so I'm asking the Holy Spirit to show me and speak to me. And in that, he took me into the river of fire. And so I'm not particularly an imaginative type person. I'm very logical and scientific and some would say boring when it comes to that kind of stuff. I don't really see the colors and all that kind of stuff. And I'm colorblind up until this point. And I'm swimming 
listen to this, I'm soaking with God, God, show me what you want. And I, I start swimming in the river of fire coming from the throne of God. And so this has never happened to me before. And so I give testimony afterwards and Carol Arnott's got the microphone and I'm giving testimony. Um, and in the testimony, I'm swimming in the river of fire and I'm seeing turquoises and I'm seeing orange and I'm seeing green and I'm seeing... I don't even know. When I was little, I was so colorblind, I never even learned the names. When we play quiz games and Chloe starts naming colors, I'm pretty sure she's making them up because I never learned them. But anyway, I got healed from colorblindness, so that was cool. But don't do that thing that everyone does when someone says they're either colorblind or healed from colorblindness. You go, what color is this? What color is this? What color is that? How do you know when to stop at traffic lights? I said, I'm colorblind, I'm not stupid. You know, someone said to me when I told them I was colorblind years ago, how do you know when an animal's bleeding if you're colorblind? Okay. As we were worshiping, we've got no time for lacquer. Stop with the rabbit trails, okay? Okay, when we were worshiping, I, I really felt that there was an impartation in the room. Um, and the impartation, as, as we were worshiping, um, and, he's, and Stephen was leading us in, he's never going to let us down, he's never going to let us down. Um, I just had this revelation that some people in their lives right now are looking out in Ezekiel 47 and, and they're seeing dead stuff. And it's so dead that there's just bones. And so if there's anything in your life that looks like bones, it's dead enough to have just left bones and what I mean by that is it could be your finances it could be a friendship it could be anything it could be hope it could be a dream it could be a vision it could be a business if anything like that is just dead and done in your life then I want you to stand and now stand thank you very much brave people who stand because they're hungry we'll get to that in a second um, the other thing is that as that story goes on um the Son of Man says to Ezekiel, can these bones live? And he says, only you know. And he says, well, prophesy to the bones. So he prophesies to the bones. And then they have flesh, flesh comes. Um, sinews and tissues come onto the bones. But here's the deal. It looks like a bunch of humans, but there's no life. If that's you, if there's something in your life that looks right but you know it hasn't got the life of God in it, then I'd like you to join the people stood. And I felt there was an impartation because I felt as Stephen was leading us in worship that the breath of God was coming into the room and there was going to be flesh, tissues and sinews that come to dead bones and there's going to be life that comes into dead organisms because it's weird to me that he, like, he had to prophesy twice. One, the flesh came. The second one, the life came. And there are things where God has spoken and you've seen a partial response to a prophetic word or a partial manifestation manifestation of a vision but you know that it needs another breath of life in there then that's kind of what we're talking about but if there's anything that looks dead in your life and here's the deal you may have been healed from it 
but there's something that God has placed in your life that doesn't exist and it died and you may have got healed from it and let it go. And the Lord is saying right here, right now that he never designed that you would let it go. He put it in your life. And if you know that that's you, then just join the people standing. I really feel a high anointing on this. And I feel that there's going to be an impartation, not just of the look of life, but of actual life coming from the kingdom of God because the Holy Spirit is going to be breathing life into things that look dead because he's never let us down. So Father, I just ask right now that you would heal every heart online and in the room who has suffered loss and death of relationships, of finances, of dreams, of vision, of hope, of friendships, of marriages, even of children, uh, relationships with parents, relationships with children. Even there's things that God said, even in this church, and it's just kind of moved on. Um, and I just felt life has moved on and it felt like something but it isn't something now I felt that the Lord himself was saying enough already enough I the Lord God Almighty am putting an end to death in this situation in your life and I because I am life I am breathing life into those dry bones and right now I want you to say out loud because this is how the, the, the story goes in Ezekiel I want you to say dry bones come to life And then let him bring life and tissues and flesh to dry bones. And then I want you to say this, breath come, spirit come, life come. And then, Father, just I'm going to pray, and you can just say amen as we go along. But, Father, we just choose to repent right now for every moment that we have agreed with death or we have agreed with a finality of those dreams and visions and relationships, that we have agreed with second best because we thought that was somehow spiritual, or we have agreed because we got healed of the trauma with the death of the vision, and the Lord himself is saying no. So as we repent on behalf of... Oh, we. We repent on behalf of ourselves for agreeing with death, but we also want to choose to forgive every person that was involved in the death of that situation, that relationship, those finances, the vision, the dream, the hope. We just forgive them right now in Jesus' name. And then say it again, breath come, spirit come, life come. And I release an impartation right now of the breath of God coming into dreams that have been let go. And we pull them back in the name of Jesus. We repent for letting go of things that God put into our hands. The, the, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he can only steal things which we let go of. And so we repent for letting go of things that God has given us. And we say yes to the dreams and visions that God has placed in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. We say yes to partnering with the Spirit of God as he brings life back to those visions and dreams. And relationships. I've got something about relationships. We just say yes to life coming to those relationships, those visions and those dreams. We say yes to the Lord God Almighty being the Lord and we choose to take our hands off of the vision and hands off of the relationship and we say yes to you being the Lord of this situation, God. Amen.
Why don't you say, I receive the impartation. Okay, take a seat. Don't take a seat. You couldn't take a seat, one of these anyway. They're very heavy. <laughs> Do you know what I really like is that you've got used to my humor. Especially Molly. Molly's just a dream when it comes to someone with bad humor. Okay, I'm in Exodus 20. You want to turn there in your Bibles? Verse 18, when the people saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Sorry, that was my emphasis, just sounded great. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you and keep you from sinning. <laughs> Can I just stop there? So Exodus chapter 20, and then we're in verse 20 now. Listen to this, do not fear. Everyone say, do not fear. Do not fear. Three, literally four or five words later. God has done this so that you fear. Do not fear. God's doing this so that you fear. Anyone read that verse before and thought, what? Dan, Dan alluded to it as, we were, as he was just leading a minute ago. There is a difference between fear and fear. Who knew? <laughs> now, interestingly, I looked up the Hebrew. They're the same word. I'd love to be able to stand up here and say they're different words. One is the fear of bad things. The other is the fear of the Lord. No, they're just fear. God gives fear on occasion so that what? So that we will actually be focused on him above the fear of the world and the fear of situations and the fear of the devil and the fear of darkness. There is a godly fear of God himself that is actually very righteous and very good. Now, hear me right, our movement started with a revelation of the father heart of God because many Christians out there have equated fear with fear, not realizing that fear is different to fear. You can see where they went wrong. It's the same word. But in the love of God, in a revelation of him as father, in an encapsulating hug from God himself and from heaven, we can fear him knowing that he loves us enough and the fear is then translated as awe or reverence but it's still fear. It's just a different flavor of fear than, ah, spider. <laughs> We're not supposed to have the same response to the presence of God as we are to sharks. I was chatting to someone the other day. Do you know it's only Western people who think sharks are a bad thing? There are countries out there who on a routine basis, I'm thinking South Africans and Australians, on a routine basis, there's reports of people being attacked by sharks and yet they all dive in the water. And then you get Americans and British people, the moment we go in an inch of water, we hear, do 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 
film has caused this bizarre fear. I literally swam into a shark when we were in the Maldives once. I was swimming along, minding my own business, and a shark swam across me, and I literally touched it. Oh, I know. Anyway, it's not what we're talking about. Stop it, Natasha. There is something about the presence of God which causes flippancy, passivity, and some other tea. Oh, so close to getting three little words that rhymed. There is something about the presence of God which causes flippancy. And this is the word I had. Where, where are you going? There you are. In, in, in a pre-service prayer, I, I, was, I was burdened because I felt there was something about the environment that we were stepping into which would make it very easy because it's two o'clock in a different building, in a different place. We've got less time. It's all a bit weird. There's pews, not chairs. There's stage, not floor. There's, there's, everything's a bit odd. We've got kids running everywhere, which is fine. Oh my, don't get distracted by the kids. I've said it. When we, how many people came to the four o'clock service at Catch the Fire many years ago? And I've said, I said almost every service, if you're distracted by the kids now, you will be no use to God in the real world. You need to be able to listen to him, focus on him when all the stuff is happening. But there, I, I felt there was an impartation of the fear of the Lord in the room. Anyone want that? Be upstanding if you can stand. And I want us to get to the bottom of this, and we're going to get to hunger in a second. I, I really felt very strongly that, is there anyone here who's ever had an ungodly fear? Like you, you're afraid of stuff and you know it's not right. You know it's not godly. You know you need to see flicky, but you, there's just something in the heart that's causing a fear and you know it's not right. So here's theology for you. Satan can't create which means every fear that you felt that was ungodly, he never created that. He's manipulated something of good and created an evil fear in your heart. Now, let's go back to the sharks. There is something natural about the size of their teeth. There is something natural and factual about the fact that they've put a few people into heaven. <laughs> but that doesn't mean every time you go into two foot of water, you should be hearing... No? Okay. That always happened just before they got eaten in the film. So we want to repent for ungodly fear before we welcome the fear of the Lord. Because if we don't clean before we receive, it will be defiled when we get it. So Heavenly Father, right now we choose to repent for every time we have opened the door or made an agreement with ungodly fear. Every time that we have allowed the actions of man, the, the, the actions of darkness, the actions of demons or the actions of the devil himself to create in us an ungodly fear. We say no to that in Jesus' name. Why don't you say, I repent of fear. I repent of anxiety. I repent of... 
concern. And just ask the Holy Spirit if there's anything else you need to get rid of. Because we're repenting, which means we're getting rid of We're turning away from that. We repent for every agreement that we've made with ungodly fear, anxiety, dread, concern, panic. Say this, that is not my inheritance. I forgive myself for living like that. That was stupid. Not going to do that again. and say this, Holy Spirit, I choose to receive the empowering, life-giving, life-enhancing, favor-bringing fear of the Lord. I repent where I've taken God for granted. We acknowledge the cross of Jesus Christ. We reject strange fire. We choose fire from the altar of Christ Jesus. We're so grateful for the sacrifice you made, Jesus. You want to hear the difference between godly fire and strange fire? It's where the fire comes from, theologically. The reason that they they called it strange fire and they died was because they brought fire from another source to the golden altar in the temple and they should have brought it from the bronze altar, which is the altar of sacrifice. They bypassed sacrifice before they got to the presence of God. That is strange fire. Let's turn to the person next to you. Don't have that. Real fire. Fear of the Lord. Amen? Take a seat. Okay, we're moving a bit quickly, but I just, this is what I felt God say to me. I want to talk about hunger. I don't know if you're aware of this. We've kept it really secret, but Chloe and I own a dog. I know it's a shock to some of you. He's a brown thing. Anyway, he's taught me a lot about hunger. Hunger can have two very different results in his life and two very different results in our lives. I've said for many years, hungry people will eat anything. That's a problem. Do you know there are hungry people who go to McDonald's I don't like McDonald's, sorry. When I, was, when I was at university, I ate pot noodles. Do you know, they, 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 they came out with research at the time when pot noodles were about a year old showing that you use more calories eating a pot noodle than you get nutrients from a pot noodle. <laughs> Disclaimer. These are the thoughts of Stuart Glasborough and not of Cash Sapphire London. And if anyone from the management of Pot Noodle is watching, London apologise on my behalf. Hungry people will eat anything. 
How many people are hungry for more of God? But we need to be careful what we eat. I'll never forget Louis and I went for a walk. We go for walks. And he said to me a phrase which was very interesting. He said, I am created and called to catch the fire London in this season. He didn't say season, but I'll do that for anyone who believes in the season theology. I don't. It's not biblical. Anyway. In this season, I'm created and called to catch the fire London. The food I am created to eat in this season is dished out at catch the fire London was a phrase I think he used. We need to be careful where we're eating from. How many people spend way too much time in social media? How many people watch TV? How many people have watched the news in the last year? It's not a problem. The problem is when we're eating from those sources. When they are a source of input to our lives. You know when President Trump was elected, half of America fell off a cliff because half of America had never heard anyone that was going to vote for Donald Trump. They call it the echo chamber. There are way too many people who are eating bad food spiritually because you're hungry and you're not careful. And I don't know what the manifestation of this looks like in your life. I just felt called to stand up here today and say to everyone who's online and everyone who's in the room, we need to be careful what we're eating. We want you for example, to go to other conferences, other churches, other places of nutrients where you can gain something amazing and bring it into your life. But you've got to be careful what you're eating. I, the, the leadership team have had way too many examples of people who have gone somewhere else eaten something that was a little bit manky, not realized it was manky, come back and made really weird decisions. Spiritual food poisoning, Dan just said. We need to be careful what we're eating because hungry people will eat anything. My dog, every now and again, eats deer poo. There is nothing in deer poo that is good for him. Deer poo causes him to retch. Deer poo causes him to have diarrhea. Sometimes deer poo causes him to vomit. So, shall I stop? careful what you eat. Tell the person next to you, just be careful what you eat. Here's something. And you can do this as a bit of an MOT. Do you spend more time in other books than you do in the Bible? I don't care if the Pope, Bill Johnson, or I wrote that book, you should spend more time in the Bible. Do you spend more time on podcasts than you do in the Word of God? Do you spend more time in the presence of your friends than you do in the presence of Jesus? They're just little checks to say, where are you eating and is it healthy and good for you? Yeah, I'm going to stop. I'm getting some looks. Okay, here's the positive. Hungry baggy will do anything for food. He will sacrifice his priorities and his preferences if I've got a kibble in my fingers. There is very little that's more important than the kibble in my fingers when Baggy is around. 
He will bypass you. He will bypass other dogs. He will bypass all the things that he would normally want to stop and say hello to because he is willing to sacrifice things that are pleasant for the thing that's more important. Are you? Not for the kibble. Presence of God. It was a simile. Hungry people will do anything for what they're hungry for. They'll eat anything, that's a problem, but they'll do anything, that's beautiful. Are you willing to sacrifice time, priorities, preferences? I went to a charismatic Catholic conference a number of years ago because Jesus was there. I was willing to sacrifice some prayers to Mary that I didn't agree with, some stuff on the walls and some icons that I didn't agree with, but Jesus was in that room and I was going to go and worship Jesus. I was willing to sacrifice the, the subtleties and the preferences for the fact that he was there. Are you willing to sacrifice, and I know this, the answer is yes to this because I've seen you all there, to come to dwell where no one ministers to you? Because it's all about Jesus. Are you willing to come to a random church at two o'clock on a Sunday? I felt there was a challenge because it's very easy in our charismatic culture to look hungry in a moment but not be hungry as a lifestyle and I felt this was going to be a hard word but we've learned over the last three years, Chloe and I and the team as well we're willing to sacrifice some of the things that would be prettier nicer more heartwarming, more orphan stroking for him. Someone said to us recently, we should not allow, word used, our worship leaders to go spontaneous in their worship sets because some people who may be new to the environment may not understand it. I'm willing to sacrifice that person's comfort for the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm willing to go longer in... Do you know we have a reputation all around the world for going longer in worship than any other church anyone's ever heard of? And that's in a season where we're doing the shortest worship sets in history. They're still longer than most other people. We're willing to sacrifice... Do you know, I'm willing to sacrifice praying for people if he moves in a room. I'm willing to sacrifice preaching if he moves in a room. I'm willing to sacrifice the worship set itself if he moves in a room. We had a conversation a number of years ago where we were like, if God's on the notices, we're going to do an hour and a half of notices because God is more important than people's comforts. We are, I said, I had it this, um, we are not seeker sensitive. We want to be seeker attractive. 
is a very different word because we have seen a time and again, and it's a little bit different in this room because people can't hear us walking past, but in Pinner Village Hall, I spend most of the services and most of the dwells outside talking to people who are attracted to the worship and the praise. There was a Hindu guy in church on Monday night telling me that he's got goosebumps because there's something different in this room. There was a Roman Catholic guy who was about 80 years old telling me he wasn't going to move from the very obstructive place he was standing because there's something good in this house because we're willing to sacrifice because we are hungry not just for saying we want more of him but actually realizing in our lives that we want more of him we would have been richer if we hadn't done this we probably would have been humanly more comfortable if we hadn't done this but I'm willing to sacrifice all of that if it means I'm obeying the word of the Lord for my life So I felt that there was an impartation of hunger. (laughs) That's not what I was going to preach on. Anyway, I felt there was an impartation of hunger, but we needed to be careful with our hunger. We need to make sure we're eating the right food. And I want to challenge you, if you're spending more time on TV, on the internet, on games, or with friends than you are with Jesus and the Word of God, then you have a wonky lifestyle. It will be absolutely acceptable to 95% of the Christian population for you to live like that. I just believe Jesus has more for you. And I'm asking you, and I'll never know, so don't worry. But I'm asking you, on behalf of the Lord, to be so hungry for him that everything else takes a seat. Not that you dismiss everything else, but that you prioritize him. Him above your work, him above your marriage, him above your children. I'm not saying abandon your children, don't be stupid. I'm saying parent with him. Go to work with him. Minister with him. Lead worship with him. Have conversations with him. Watch TV with him. Whatever it is that's creeping into your diary, sacrifice the the comfort of just doing it in your own strength, at your own time, in your own way, and do it with him. And I'll tell you what, he has put such a promise on this house. And I don't want to miss it because we were comfortable. I don't want to miss the promises of God because we were worried someone may be offended. Some of the most spectacular salvations have happened because God made a mess in front of non-Christians who was like, that's got to be God. Dan's testimony about Ashley's brother. When Iris gave testimony that her back was healed, she ends up on the floor and Dan's non-Christian brother-in-law says, that girl who was on the floor. Yes. Do you have any questions? No, it was obvious God overwhelmed her. We don't need to apologize for him. We don't need to make it comfortable for non-Christians. We have to show God. And they'll be attracted to him. They won't be attracted to boy band worship leaders. (laughs) 
They won't be attracted to a slick performance. They won't be entertained into the kingdom of God. They will be attracted by the presence of God into the kingdom of God. And that's what we're after. And I need to stop ranting. Okay, if you can stand, why don't you stand? Something's brewing. I don't know if you've noticed that. Something's up. We had a prophetic words from a prophet in North America that God is going to start attracting people to us. And immediately, it's really easy to start strategizing. Well, how are we going to partner with that word by manipulating the clappers out of every person that walks past the church? Or we could just be like, thank you, Jesus. If there's anything you need from us, let us know. Other than that, we're going to worship you. That's our strategy. Him. Pray to him, worship him, represent him. But something is up. And I don't need anything from you. But there's an invitation to every person who's watching online or who's in the room. There's an invitation to partner. And I don't know how to say this without being really harsh. But partnership looks like him first. Because... We're going to love you regardless, and we'll bless you regardless, we'll minister regardless, we'll pray regardless. But we said when we planted the church in 2009, he was going to do his thing by sold out people who put him first regardless. And I'm going to say this. better than what was in my head. We would be privileged to join hands with you as you lay down other priorities and put him first. It would be a privileged journey with you because we are an army called for such a time as this to partner with the vision of God and see him come in this city, person by person, house by house. So why don't you just shut your eyes? If you can pray in tongues, can you just pray in tongues? Everyone at home, if you can pray in tongues, please pray in tongues right now. Even if you're watching on catch up, just. Even as you're praying in tongues, I felt the Lord start to move in the room and He's starting to highlight where priorities are slightly off. 
And I, I heard him start to speak to hearts. And so we just bless you right now to be so open to the Holy Spirit that he starts to speak to you and he starts to lead you. I saw passivity leaving. The, the word nonchalant. <laughs> I, I, I saw an attitude of being nonchalant leaving. Keep praying, keep praying. I felt people who had spent a season just focused on finance. I, I felt a grace coming where he started to lift up him in the mix. And as you started, I felt him so gracing you that he was going to he was going to allow you to wean off your reliance from your family from the finances from your job from your social circles from your hobby he's going to start to wean you off of every other priority so that he comes first and i want to be very clear i don't believe he's asking you to stop doing anything i feel the impartation for today is about prioritization it's not about excluding things from your life. It's about putting him before other things so that he becomes the filter over your work. He becomes the filter over your ministry. He becomes the filter over your marriage. He becomes the filter over your parenting. He becomes the filter over your friendships. He becomes the filter over your hobbies. Yeah, there he is. As, as you fix your eyes and your tongue on him right now, if you don't have the gift of tongues, just repeat the words, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And as, as we all focus towards him, he's gonna start to speak to you and he's gonna start to speak to areas of dreams that you've laid to one side. And in this attitude of worship, God, I release an impartation of hunger. An impartation of hunger that puts you first. That we would be starving for the presence of God. That we would be noticing when we're not walking in the presence of God. That there would be an ache in our gut. That there would be a, a, a moment, awareness, an awareness, an awareness. Because you're worthy of it all. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of first place. First place. First place. Why don't you say that? You're worthy of first place. You're worthy of first place. We put you first. 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 And I just heard the Holy Spirit say that every effect of spiritual food poisoning is coming off of the body of Christ right now. 
that as we bring a repentance to Him for eating from the wrong places, for being more attached to social media or the news than we are to the Word of God, we repent, God, and it just comes off of us. It comes off of us. There's a cleansing happening in the body of Christ right now. There's a cleansing happening. There's a cleansing happening. You first. You first, Jesus. You first. You first. And I speak to every person who's watching online right now. And we just bless you with an impartation of hunger that supersedes every other desire in your life and in your world, that you would know the craving that happens, the craving that happens when we feast. And I hear the Lord saying, taste and see, taste and see, taste and see and then start to crave Him, start to crave Him, desiring at a new level. So we bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you're in the room and, and you want an impartation of increasing that desire, I felt this impartation was gonna be putting Him first, but it's more about a desire and an awareness when He's not first. Does that make sense? And so if you would like an impartation, an upgrade in the awareness of Him not being present in that decision, not being present in that meeting, not being present in that way you woke up, the way you went to bed, not being present in that dream that you had, not being present in that conversation. If that's you and you would like an impartation, then just come to the front and we're just going to minister to you.